Thank you for joining us for My Wildlife Style Radio, a podcast series for busy wildlife professionals like wildlife rehabilitators, educators, and veterinary staff. I am your host, Emily Davenport, and I am the founder and executive director for the Rocky Mountain Wildlife Alliance. We believe helping wildlife professionals experience learning in their preferred format and at their own pace result in better educational outcomes. It is also a part of our mission to help make continuing education more affordable and accessible so that more individuals can participate and become even more effective caregivers. Today, our special guest is David Crawford, co-founder and executive director of Animal Help Now. Animal Help Now is a website and free phone app that connects people experiencing wildlife emergencies and conflicts with professionals who can help. Animal Help Now serves the entire United States. Animal Help Now also advocates on behalf of wildlife and educates the public about minimizing everyday threats to wild animals such as vehicle strikes, window collisions, and cat and dog attacks. In addition, Animal Help Now provides guidance on finding assistance for domestic animal emergencies, such as lost and found companion animals and neglect and abuse situations. Animal Help Now's vision is a world in which people are educated about wildlife emergencies and empowered to effectively help orphaned, injured, and diseased wild animals. In addition, The vision also encompasses a world where people are familiar with the threats facing animals and act to minimize those threats. And those same people value wildlife emergency services. David, great to have you here today. Thanks, Emily. It's great to be here. I've always thought this app was a really excellent resource for the community. And in fact, I've used it myself over the years. Um, How did the idea come about? Well, the team that, that put this together has uh, a lot of experience with animal issues. We, uh, we all worked, we've all been doing advocacy for animals for um, years, in some cases decades, working with Rocky Mountain Animal Defense in particular, uh, an, an organization that was active here for 12 or 14 years in, in Colorado. And at Rocky Mountain Animal Defense, we would get calls uh, every day for people who were trying to help animals in need. And we were kind of acting, at least in this area, as a, as a bit of a 911. Uh, you call us, we do our best to tell you how to get help. My colleagues and I, in addition, once we finished with Rocky Mountain Animal Defense, my colleagues and I, uh, in addition to knowing about this issue, the, the need to connect people who need help with an animal emergency with people who can provide such help, with experts who can provide such help. Uh, We knew about the need. We actually uh, had the skills and the inclination to uh, move forward with this project. And uh, uh, that was the genesis of it. That's really cool. Um, I can't tell you, you know, because my background is in wildlife rehab, I can't tell you over the years how many people came in with an injured or orphaned animal and said, I didn't even know you guys existed. I didn't even know um, the rehabber was here. So I think, uh, you know, uh, an app like yours is just so important to connect the public with those professionals. Thanks. It it does help uh, raise awareness. And, you know, I talked about professionally. There's also the my personal uh, experience, Mm -hmm. and I have encountered since being in Colorado in the early 90s, I've encountered 
I estimate at least 50 or 60 animals sure. who needed my help, my wow. personal help. And I, mm -hmm. if I'm around uh, Boulder County, I, I know what to do for the most right. part if it's during the daytime. Uh, but if I'm elsewhere in the state traveling, I don't know what to do. So I saw the need as well, uh, you know, with my own personal experiences. Absolutely. No, that's yeah. fantastic. So, so speaking to that, that number that you yourself, um, the number of animals you have come across over the years, um, as far as the app goes, how many animals or people do you think you guys have helped over the years? I mean, do you have a sense of number either per year that you, that you can help or in the grander scheme of things? We have been quite intentional about not putting any barriers between the people who are looking for help and the experts who can help them. So we have uh, collected very few um, statistics. We don't require mm -hmm. people to give us their phone number or email, etc. All we can do is look at their usage of our uh, on our four platforms, the website, the mobile website, and the two phone apps. And we can get a pretty good idea from that. We do know that our usage has doubled every year up until wow. last year, flattened out a little bit with about a 15% increase. We estimate we helped about 35,000 animal emergencies in 2017. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it is. And, and we're on target to uh, assist about 50,000 wow. in 2018. We're currently seeing over 700 uh, sessions a day on our four platforms. Wow, that I had no idea it was that... Um that large that's Massive. pretty incredible it's yeah and that's nationwide now and that's only wildlife you know last year's stats were wildlife and, and gotcha. some domestic animals but uh, nationwide yeah when you when you consider the the amount of animals who are getting injured by window strikes or vehicle strikes uh, cat and dog attacks it's we're still just a drop in the bucket yeah. on, on the animals on, on helping the people who are trying to help the animals who, who need it that's incredible and, and I love your point that you made about um, not including barriers for uh, the app user because as we all know the public can get panicked uh, when they're confronted with an animal emergency and the last thing you want to do is have to have them register for an app or sign up or you know put too exactly. many barriers involved so I think that's so important exactly. um, that you guys have purposely built uh, um, that in. Thanks yep it's pretty pretty apparent that it had to be yeah had to be part of it. <laughs> so um you know, the app itself is a fantastic resource for um, the community and professionals alike, but you guys are also adding a wildlife conflict service into your um, 2018 plan. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, the first thing I'll say about it is that we're, we added it um, as a result of uh, lacking good boundaries. We, um, we have found <laughs> that having added it, uh, we, our workload has really significantly increased because wildlife conflicts like wildlife emergencies, it's massive. The wildlife conflicts, and you know, you hear the term nuisance wildlife. Right, yeah. uh, we don't say that without putting it in quotes right. or, or calling <laughs> it out. But wildlife conflicts where, where people have skunks under the porch or uh, raccoons uh, or birds in the attic, it's a multi, uh, it's a billion dollar industry mm -hmm. for the existing uh, service providers. And the problem is that the existing service providers are, are are not, as a rule, uh, using humane methods. Uh, right. and, and there's yeah. a, the people who are in it, a lot of them are in it for money. Mm -hmm. And not enough of them are in it for the animals. Right. You know, we think it's okay to be in it for both. <laughs> but the, the idea here is to put people who need help with a wildlife conflict in touch with people who are 
able to help true professionals and who are, have also been vetted to very strict standards of uh, humane practices, humane operations. So we probably uh, list maybe one out of every 500 actual operators oh, wow. in the country. That's great. I think that's important too because you know I know personally there's only one person in the area that we recommend regularly, especially because he has humane practices. So yes. that there are far too many professionals out there that, that don't use those same humane ethical practices. Yes, yes, far too many. And and one of the nice benefits of what we're doing is people are asking us to be listed. You know, we currently mm-hmm. list about 30 nationwide. That's okay. it. Wow. Yep. And we do have a couple of those who are willing to take calls from anywhere in the country. So no matter where you are in the country, you will be able to talk to somebody about your wildlife conflict and get advice. But we are getting requests for listing. Uh, A lot of these places are 85% good. We tell them we have a mentoring program. They come in, they are on sort of a probationary status. They're working with our select group of 30 wildlife, uh, truly humane wildlife um, operators and then our numbers increase because those people want to be right. not only do they want to be sort of certified and I use the term loosely as humane but they also want they, they truly want to be humane mm-hmm. they, they don't realize that when you uh, they don't always realize that when you trap and, and move parents right. uh, that uh, or, or even if the, you're succeeding in trapping and moving an entire family mm-hmm. that they that that family's going to do well in another location right yeah exactly Re- relocation is is not uh, the solution to right. uh, when you need an animal out of your space mm-hmm. and, and people are amazed by that right uh, because it's so common yeah no absolutely I think that's great and I think it's really cool because in a uh, different way you're kind of setting a gold standard for uh, a profession that has really needed to elevate that standards bar for a long time so that's really cool yes you you probably know that a lot better than I <laughs> do <Yes. laughs> so that, that's really neat I think that's a really important service that you guys have added in 2018 um, so you list highly qualified quote-unquote nuisance wildlife operators and consultants for wildlife conflicts um, who do you include among your wildlife emergency contacts we include wildlife rehabilitators, both state and federally licensed. The federal licenses are for uh, people who are rehabilitating migratory species. Mm-hmm. So we list state and federally licensed wildlife rehabilitators. We list wildlife hotlines, um, such as the Dallas-Fort Worth Wildlife uh, Coalition hotline. Got that? I got. I'm missing a word in there. And then uh, the uh, bi-state hotline of of, uh, Illinois and Missouri. We have several hotlines around the country that people um, in those areas can use. And and then we have rescues such as uh, coastal rescues. Mm -hmm. So anything along the the coasts in terms of uh, oil spills or stranded marine animals, we list them as well. We do have a select group of law enforcement uh, agencies and... Uh, veterinarians who will treat wildlife so it's a it's a quite an eclectic mix of of, uh, animal care professionals that's great that's awesome and is that just for the United States or do you guys delve into Canada at all we're looking to get into Canada okay great we talk about it every week sure (laughs) it's it's going to happen yeah Uh, but we don't know when it's a question of funding it's a question of finding the right partners up there we Mm -hmm. think we're we think we're onto the right partners. Now it's a question of taking the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which is the age-old problem with small nonprofits, right. taking the time to raise the money to, to stop what you're doing now and start thinking more ahead. Yep, absolutely. That's going to happen. I, I would predict would be in Canada uh, a year from now. Okay, that's, that's great. My so so in time, guess. so right now our... Uh, your resources are for the United States primarily. Correct, awesome. coast to coast. Cool, coast to coast, that's great. So I, I personally think this app is, is exceptional for the public. Um, I have had people come into my rehabilitation center that have used it in order to find us. Um, I have used it myself to find uh, um, help for domestic um, animals, like companion animals. Um, but um, this app isn't just for the public. How can, um, Wildlife rehabilitators utilize this app um, internally. Wildlife rehabilitators can, can use this for, uh, it can benefit them primarily in a referral uh, functionality sense. Mm -hmm. So if uh, somebody like Greenwood Wildlife here gets a, a call from the uh, western slope of Colorado, which is far away, but because Greenwood's so big in Colorado, they'll show up the top of Google results list so somebody will call them from silt somebody sure. will call them from grand junction and our app with its uh, referral uh, uh, function feature it allows them to enter in that person's address and find the closest rehabbers to them so you can do that all over the the country if you get a call from and and like some of these hotlines they do get calls from around the country yeah. and so they are able to use our app and we've, we've trained them in the use of the app as part of their ongoing training of their volunteers uh, they are able to save time and money uh, by uh, using our program to help quickly find the, uh, the closest experts in, in the, the callers area. That's great. You know, that is um, something I hadn't thought about with the app before. Um, we all get calls from, um, you know, cities that are hundreds of miles away from us or in some cases other states where people just didn't know who to call. They did a Google search and you know, found your wildlife rehab. So um, I think that's a really important point because instead of just sending the public to do another Google search um, within their zip code or something like that, they can quickly and easily help the person on the other line find some help near them. I think that's awesome. Thank you, absolutely. And it's not just rehab centers that can do that. It's, it's a, we, we heard from a, um, office, uh, a, a police department in New York just this morning. Uh, they wanna get, uh, um, our literature, they want to train their staff, their dispatch staff. It's also for vet clinics who co are constantly getting wildlife nice. calls. They can use it in that referral capacity as well. That's fantastic. That's great. So how can wildlife professionals add themselves to your listing? How can they become one of those listed? Most of them are going to be listed because we are regularly updating our data with uh, the state and federal lists. However, uh, people do get, you know, they get their licenses uh, throughout the year, and they can go to our site, animalhelpnow.org. It's ahnow.org for short. And there's a button on the desktop site. They, they, they'd be wise to do this from a larger screen device. There's a, a button on, on the upper right corner that says Get Listed. Tap that, and we'll put an, an application in front of you. Same thing for uh, humane wildlife control operators. And how long does it take you to become approved? Uh, it's usually within a matter of two or three days, business oh, days. So that's really fast. Yeah. That's we just need to verify license information. Right. <laughs> that's important. That's yes. really important. Um, can wildlife professionals update their own listing on the app? Not today, but perhaps uh, a month from today. Okay, wow. We, we used to have that functionality, but we've made a major database change uh, to allow us to 
expand in the future and that has set us behind in that particular functionality. So we'll be letting rehabbers know, everybody who's in our list, and that's about, I think it's 3,700 or 7,000, I can't remember. Yeah. That's, uh, but we have about, um, uh, maybe it's 3,700 rehabbers nationwide. We'll be wow. letting everybody know when they can get in there and update their information. We'll be giving them a login information. Okay, great. Temporary password, etc. So that's coming, that's on the horizon. That's the near horizon indeed. Awesome. Yes. So how can wildlife professionals, in particular wildlife rehabilitators, take advantage of Animal Health Now? We already talked about a couple functionalities. What else can they do? Because it's a really powerful app, I think. Well, you know, they, we, we, this was designed by, um, our wildlife functionality was designed by rehabbers uh, in Colorado, and so we, and and they really spent a decent amount of time on it. So when we developed it, they were telling us things like, well, we want to be able to set our hours of operation. We don't want people, we don't want people calling us in the middle of the night. So you can do that. And when you have set your hours of operation from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., you will not appear in our top results uh, if someone uses the app at, at 9 p.m. That's one way to do it. You can also use the can also tell us and we'll tell the users uh, what your preferred method of contact is so if you prefer text uh, we'll we'll indicate that on your profile and people will will see that and if they have a phone that can text the idea is that they'll text you uh, but you can choose your method of, of contact and we do uh, allow you to tell the public more about your practice obviously in addition to just the animals uh, the types of animals that you're accepting you can also conceal your listings if you get full um, or if you are taking, uh, well, nobody takes a, a day off, uh, <laughs> but if you, if you can't accept animals for one reason or another, uh, you can conceal your listing during the time that you're that's down. That's great. Wow. So that's really great that we are able to update our listings um, as needed. So we should probably, at least for now, contact Animal Health Now directly if we have those updates to make? Yes. Okay. You can you can find a feedback button on our phone app and you can find a contact uh, button on our website uh, and uh, just get in touch with us. Tell us what you need us to change or give us a call at 303-543-0755. And you'll take care of it for them. We take care of it generally within 24 hours, wow. seven days a week. That's fantastic. You guys might be a small nonprofit, but you're, you're mighty, it sounds like. Small but mighty. <laughs> we're good. We have amazing volunteers, and we have amazing staff. And uh, we are, we're really good for the, the, uh, our budget. You wouldn't know it, uh, <laughs> how confident we are. That's great. So I have known about the app and actually have used the app over the years, but um, you, I only realized quite recently that you guys have a ton of resources on your website as well. Um, are those resources for uh, the public, or are, can the professionals also utilize them? That, that page, which you get to by going to any of our platforms and clicking on resources, uh, that page is uh, it, it's usable and appropriate for both professionals and for the general public. We have a, a lot of FAQs on there, not just for wildlife, but also for domestic animals. And in terms of wildlife you know, professionals, which is our audience, uh, we have a lot of uh, like share graphics 
on there that are appropriate there uh, for any anybody to use. We have, for instance, the popular, what do you do if you find a baby bird? What do you do if you find a baby mammal? We've updated those uh, and we have uh, cleaner, newer versions of those. We have ready-made links so that you can, widgets, I guess they call them, so mm -hmm. that you can go to um, put them on your website and people who contact you can have sort of a fallback uh, or if you say you know if you're not in our area um, use click this button to find help in your area and they can go directly to animal help now and you'll find that that same sort of link we are the the primary resource for the international wildlife rehabilitation council uh, for for u.s wildlife emergencies we're the second uh, link on the NWRA's uh, site, and we are on a lot of uh, wildlife uh, centers, rehabilitation centers, sites as well. We really want uh, to be able to serve rehabbers in that, in that way to take the load off of their front desk staff. And I think that's such a, a cool thing that you guys offer. Um, a lot of the graphics on that resource page are, are beautifully designed, um, so they're, they're really, um, really nice to look at, really nice to share. And you know, a lot of wildlife rehabilitators and educators and other professionals um, don't have time to put these sort of graphics together themselves. So you really are helping them in a time management way as well by providing these resources that they can just go to your website, take them off and then share them with the public. Absolutely. Um, I think you that's know, great. Thanks, Emily. And I know you recognize that because I know that's part of what you hope to do with the Rocky right. Mountain Wildlife Alliance. There's so much effort duplicated by all of the by so many of mm -hmm. the rehabilitation centers we really I, mean, I know we share that mm -hmm. uh, we want to be doing what we can to allow rehabbers and wildlife professionals to do what they do best right and let uh, let others do the the work that that we all have in common right and i love the idea too by um just doing something as simple as including the animal help now link um on a wildlife rehabilitator's own website, they can actually cut down on some of the traffic um, um, to their phones or to their own emails because people are going to use your app and find the resources they need instead of bothering the, well, I shouldn't say bothering, but, but you know, taking up those resources exactly. from rehabilitators. That's great. That's, that's fantastic. And we, we recognize that, that that's, that's asking the rehabbers and the rehab centers to trust us. Right, yeah. Because people are contacting them, and then they're saying, you contact Animal Help Now. And so we, we take that very seriously, and we, uh, we want to continue to work closely with rehabbers and get their feedback and make the site better and better and hear their, uh, their thoughts on um, what we need to do as a, as a larger community to serve the public and ultimately the the animals who need our help. That's great, and I think that's so important too. You you've mentioned that to me on several occasions, so I can tell that that is a, a you know passionate part of your mission. So one of the other things I'm interested in in regards to the app itself is what type of behind the scenes data are you able to collect from the app? Do you guys get a lot of information? So we have we have two kinds of data that we are gathering and we just brought on a new wonderful volunteer nice. who's a PhD candidate in, with an analysis and statistics. Awesome. We are psyched. She's already producing after a week. We have two 
two groups of data. You know, one is on that what we call the helpers, the rehabbers, the wildlife professionals, uh, and the emergencies, the various emergency services. And the other is uh, on how the program is being used, the need. So we're looking at the need, and we're looking at the providers, and we're able to, we're going to be able to identify areas where the need is greater than uh, can be serviced, uh, and where, for instance, certain groups of animals, small mammals or large mammals or waterfowl are not being adequately covered by the provider. So we're uh, just now doing what I've just learned is called a heat map nice. <laughs> uh, on this data, and we're starting to, to do a, uh, an examination of how they match together. And we're very excited about that because, again, that's part of the bigger picture of making wildlife rehabilitation uh, and emergency wildlife services more uh, effective, uh, first of all, in the United States and then wherever else we can do it. Mm -hmm. That's great. So I'm really interested. Um, I want you to talk to me for a minute about rehab deserts, quote-unquote rehab deserts. Last time we were together, you mentioned this term to me, and it has intrigued me. Um, because here in Colorado in particular, um, we have had a massive decrease in wildlife rehabilitators in the state. Um, in fact, there was a stat from a study that was done in 2002. There were 117 wildlife rehabilitators in the state of Colorado. Today, there are 23 locations um, where the public can take wildlife. That's crazy. It is crazy. So, so talk to me about uh, rehab deserts. Yeah, I think the first thing you do is you look at numbers like that. Yeah. And then you have the the huge task of figuring out what to do with those numbers. But the first thing is to get the numbers. Right. And so you can look at trends and you can and I think the trends in general are uh poor. Mm -hmm. I think uh I and I'm not saying that with with much knowledge other than just anecdotal mm -hmm. and having been here in Colorado for during that period of mm -hmm. great decline. Uh but what what we need to do is we need to look at those numbers, see what areas aren't being serviced. Uh and this changes every, you know, it can change tomorrow uh, for a certain area if uh, for instance Ellicott down in Colorado Springs, they're gone. Right. They, 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 uh, and they had been there for a long time, but one day, um, or you know, they, they ramped down, but then now they're gone. And there's a great need for bird uh, rehabilitators in Colorado Springs area and south of there. So we can look at our data, we can look at trends, and then we can make the case, uh, and it's part of a, a larger case that needs to be made for more state funding, federal funding being put into uh, wildlife emergency services, but the data is a big part of that. We want to be able to help identify where uh, that additional funding is needed most. Great. So do you think with the app you'll be able to provide that, um, that information in the future? I do. That's great. I do. We can we could provide it uh, tomorrow wow. uh, with, our new, with our new staffer. In, in terms of <laughs> trends, uh, that's a, a more complex uh, task. Undertaking, but in terms of uh, knowing where the where the which areas of the country are being well serviced, um, we can do that uh, pretty pretty rapidly, matching that up with where the needs are. Okay, 
interesting. Thank you. That's really interesting to me. We'll share that information. Okay, Believe cool. me. Yeah. When, we, uh, when we get it, when we put it together, we'll, awesome. we'll try to uh, present a paper or a talk somewhere awesome. and, and uh, get it published. I'll look forward to that. Good. Now, obviously, this is a great resource for the public, but rehabilitators and educators can actually benefit from this app as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the big thing that we offer is even though we're making it easier for people to find them, I, we're still claiming that, we, that we're lightening their load because sure. we're, 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 we're helping them, uh, it, we're helping narrow down the people who contact them. We're helping the people who are in, in the off hours find the right help uh, so that they don't have a, a, a more seriously uh, impaired animal by the time their center opens at eight o'clock the next morning. So we're, we're, we're making it a cleaner system. And we, we, uh, we, we respect the fact that uh, rehabbers, we're all on the same page we're trying to get that um, efficiencies uh, in, increasingly and continuously in place. And in terms of collaborations, you know, another, another place where we've been looking at lately is hotlines. Mm -hmm. And so uh, why not have a, a, a national hotline? We have all kinds of experience mm -hmm. with regional and local hotlines. Um, why not take that pressure off of the rehab centers too for the people who are just calling for advice and we can do a triage at that level mm -hmm. and then uh, pipe them through to the rehab centers if we find that uh, that that particular call requires that, so there's there's a whole lot of areas, and uh, the one thing I'd really like to impress upon your listeners, Emily, is that um, we are our phone rings I, rings in my house. We're 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 uh, we're dispersed. We're distributed. Everybody works out of their home or sure, a cafe yeah. or something. The phone rings in my house, and I answer it, uh, or at least I get the message, and I'm available. Uh, to talk and I'm very interested in any kind of collaboration ideas, any kind of feedback that any of your listeners uh, might have that this conversation might have sparked in them or that they already have been thinking about for years and they want to talk about. We're not sitting here on any kind of a pile of money, uh, but we, we have a lot of ideas and I know when we get this in front of the right people uh, that we will really move the whole wildlife emergency um, uh, uh, landscape to a to to a more beautiful. It, it, we'll, we're not sitting on a pile of money, but we're sitting on a lot of ideas, and we uh, we this this whole community, the wildlife emergency community, is rife with uh, opportunity, and so we want to take the best ideas and uh, collaborate and going forward uh, with others to try to get them realized so that we can take advantage of all the potential uh, for improvement that's out there currently. That's great. And, and, you know, my one takeaway is, you know, not only do I have a background in wildlife rehab, but I've also spent time in the veterinary field as well. And, you know, at some point your regular animal practice is going to close. It usually closes at 5 or 6 p.m. And then what happens is you leave um, information on your answering machine about where to go if you have an emergency. I love that wildlife rehabilitators and other wildlife professionals could leave Animal Help Now's information on their um, own phone line to say, hey, in the event of an emergency, after hours, you know, utilize Animal Help Now to find the best resources. I, I just think that, that that will save so much time on, on both sides. 
I'm going to write that one down. Yeah, there our, you go. For our because I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, I've thought about going on their websites because you know we're tech oriented, but uh, people use the telephone. Yeah, uh, and that's a great idea, and we'll 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 put that in our next communication with rehabbers. Yeah, cool. Centers. Absolutely. So, what do you wish more wildlife professionals knew about animal health now? That we exist. Okay. <laughs> Number totally. one, that we exist, and uh, that we're serious and that we're in it for the long haul and that we're uh, a lot of us are volunteers and that we're mission driven and, and love driven and we believe in collaboration and communication we want to and community and we want to and we want to be a part of a, a, a wonderful strides that that we as, as a larger community are prepared to make in the coming years to help wildlife. The problem is not going away. You know, we're going to be dealing with, it's going to get a lot worse with rising sea levels, increased fires, uh, flooding. We're, the problem is not going away. The problem is going to get larger and we need to be as prepared for it as we can be. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's important stuff. Do you have any one success story that kind of sticks in your mind, or uh, was there a moment that you knew Animal Help Now was a really valuable resource? Yeah, I, I, I'd like to say that, that I have success stories in terms of individual animals, and I do. I've used the app myself <laughs> probably two dozen times already uh, for, for especially being in Colorado back when we had our domestic animal functionality. Uh, I think that I, I realized that, the, that we were really onto something after I saw our usage. The first year was slow, and then the, uh, the second year we saw it doubling, and the third year we saw it doubling, and the fourth wow. year we saw it doubling, and that's exponential growth. And, I, and as we watched that trend, we started to really um, get heartened by our success. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. So, so what does the future hold? What does the future hold for Animal Health now? And uh, you have some exciting things on the horizon, it sounds like. Yeah, I think expansion to Canada is a biggie. I think really promoting our wildlife conflict functionality and working with our humane wildlife conflict community is a biggie. I think uh, working on hotlines and getting um, more people with a safety net, a hotline safety net, that can work in, in tandem with uh, Animal Help Now. Uh, I think that that would be a, um, a, a, I think that's gonna be something that we spend time on. I want to see, you know, in the, in the larger picture, I want, I want increased capacity uh, in the rehab community. I want, you know, we, we need to figure out how to make it easier to become a, re a competent rehabber. Um, I think improved transportation systems are, are coming. People who are, uh, there's the REN, REN certified organization mm -hmm. in Georgia who's working on that, wonderful organization. I don't see that any reason why we can't have streamlined licensing procedures. Uh, it Across would be, the board. Yes, mm -hmm. it would be wonderful to have, uh, to figure out a way to get greater and greater involvement of the veterinary community mm -hmm. and, and and a more educated and supportive public. I think these are the things that uh, we want to be a part of, at least from our perspective at this point in time. Things change. Uh, right. Things change constantly. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Cool. That's really, um, really great stuff. 
And you know, lastly, um, what's your background in David? You, how did you, how did you fall into all of this? I would say that this started with uh, my upbringing, with my parents both being compassionate people. Nice. I had a good um, sort of uh, moral, religious uh, foundation. Um, I, I think I got just the right lessons out of the Bible, sure. uh, the New <laughs> Testament in particular. Uh, I was a sensitive person. I had a, I developed a sense of justice very early on. Um, and uh, and then I worked in a slaughterhouse when I was no uh, 19 years old. Wow. Yeah. And that really opened my eyes. And then I became a vegetarian after that and, and, and really started to think about how we interact with animals. Um, I, I, I've always... Um, been aware of as I'm driving down the road and I'm one of the people who keeps his her eyes out Mm -hmm. like everybody who's listening right now (laughs) and uh, and so that was always uh, in my uh, consciousness I moved to Colorado and got involved uh, in the early 90s with the uh, spring bear hunt oh wow and uh, at that same time I went vegan and uh, continued to just kind of get more and more involved founded uh Worked, worked for CU Animal Rights, founded Rocky Mountain Animal Defense, co-founded Rocky Mountain Animal Defense shortly thereafter, worked on a lot of prairie dog issues, helped sure. found the uh, Prairie Dog Coalition with a wonderful um, group of other organizations, and uh, it has just continued to sort of grow, and this is where I, I currently uh, am uh, finding my passion being directed. Great. Well, hey, it's a good place where you've landed, so Thank you. I think that's fantastic. I'm glad I'm glad you're yeah. here. I'm glad I landed near you yeah, and Rocky right. Mountain Wildlife. Yeah, I'm glad to have you on board as a partner because we definitely share in similar philosophies of community and collaboration, so that's I think wonderful. that's really cool. So, well, we are just about out of time today. Um, I'd really like to thank our special guest, David Crawford. It has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. Uh, Thank you so much for uh, spending so much time with us and teaching us more about this really important resource that is available. Thank you, Emily. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate it. If you would like to share this podcast, it is free and available for everyone. You can find this podcast and others on our website, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and more. Tell us what you think of our show by using the hashtag MyWildlifeStyleRadio. If you would like more information on animal health now, visit our partners page or our resource page. Also, stay informed and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining us today for My Wildlife Style Radio. I look forward to bringing you more educational topics soon.